Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Church, I want to start our Bible study off and really the series, this, the series this, uh, for this month with this statement. You ready? Purpose is one thing, but presence is quite another. Purpose is one thing, but presence is quite another. Well, Ben, why do you tell us that? Well, let's be honest. Um, it's December the 3rd, and you can tell that Christmas is in full swing. I mean, even before Thanksgiving was done, you know people were putting up lights, stores were being, I mean, it, this is, it, was, it was still Halloween, or if you will, and, and now we're seeing Christmas, and we said, these people are crazy. They want to get, and I get it, it's better to put up your lights in, the, in a little bit warmer days, but we know that it's in full swing, and if you don't believe me that Christmas is in full swing, tonight, when it gets dark, go by 50th in Indiana, You'll make a little bit left, and you'll see a house that's decorated from, from the very top to the very bottom, and, it, and if you get the right frequency, you'll hear it. It's just one of the amazing things, but you've got to be careful because so many cars get lined up, and, uh, and it's just, it creates a problem, and you come in, you're like, oh, they're stopping, they're stopping. Well, another indication, guys, that we're in the Christmas season is actually found in your mailbox, right? You go to your mailbox, and and you see man, ads and catalogs. And, but nowadays, it's a little bit different, right? It's in your emails. And I got to tell you, before Thanksgiving, I woke up and I looked at my phone and I had over 40 emails even before Thanksgiving was over. And they kept coming. They kept coming. They want me to buy everything. And I'm just like, okay, okay. As we get closer to December 24th and 25th, we will see, and you've noticed it today, house after house uh, get decorated with lights and some Santas and others with nativity scenes. You'll see that. And I feel like that's just, uh, that's just something we've got to talk about today. Because I was driving in my neighborhood, and it seems like more people in my neighborhood are putting up lights, which makes me the Grinch. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, I can't be the only house that doesn't have lights. I just... And so I've, I've contracted out to Nathalie. She's going to get up on the roof tomorrow, and she's going <laughs> to take care of that. You know, I mean, that's, that's how it is. But if you have young kids in here, you definitely know it's Christmas. Or if you have grandbabies, right? It used to be that they would, they would advertise on TV, and they would run in there and go, I want this, I want this. And nowadays, it's not like that, right? Here's what they do. They send you an Amazon link to what they want. You get on your phone, you're like, oh, okay. My granddaughter will take me to Amazon and say, this is what I want. And I'm like, okay. I don't usually get it for her because I'm not that kind of grandpa, but nonetheless. But I understand, honestly, this time of year, and if we can be honest in church, sometimes Christmas is frustrating. It's frustrating because of what the world has made Christmas. I was talking to Denise earlier this morning, and it was just that frustration of it's just commercial. Uh, Christmas has just become so commercial, especially for us believers. 
And, and we do get frustrated and, and we start looking about, oh my goodness, and a lot of us stress out and how much money are we going to have to spend? Here's why. Listen, when it comes to Christmas, you and I, we, we feel like if we don't get just the perfect gift or if we don't get, have the perfect house or the perfect lights or the perfect tree or whatever it might be, we feel like it's not Christmas. And you guys know what Christmas is like, especially with little ones, right? You, they wake you up at 4.30 in the morning, and they're just excited. And, and within five minutes at 4.35, Christmas is over, and all the wrappings are all over, and they're playing with their toys. And, and, and is that really Christmas? And not to mention, if you're honest, that we have critics on social media and all over the place uh, just telling us as believers that your Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. So how can you celebrate this pagan holiday? And so you're getting it from all over the place. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Joseph this morning or this week, and he shared something with me. And I said, Joseph, can I use that in my sermon? He said, sure. He was talking with some people at work. And, here's, and this is the quote that they told him. You ready? We give and get presents. Why? Because they brought presents to Jesus. That's Christmas. So, so Francis, you don't get a present because Jesus got a present. He's like, yeah, that's not Christmas, is it? But somebody, that's how they believe. They also told them that you cannot be a Christian or you cannot be a Christian and not celebrate Christmas. And then they also told them Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Listen carefully. We really don't know what day Jesus was born. You guys know that. We don't know. And if you were so well, Ben, give me a guess. What do you think? Well, here, here's what it is. You ready? I think I would have a 1 in 365 chance of getting it right. <laughs> but honestly, you ready? And if you're taking note, jot this down. I think it'll help you. The day is not the point. We simply, because of our culture and our upbringing in Western, we celebrate the birth of Jesus on the 25th of this month. Now, I could go into a long, long story about this day, about how it came about and Saturnalia and all that stuff, but I'm going to spare you this time. But to be honest with you, it's because of our culture we will celebrate Christmas. You go, well, Ben, celebrate Celebrate. Well, that's what most people think they do when it comes to Christmas. They might believe that they're celebrating, but really, when we look at the sequences of events that leads up to, well, allow me to illustrate for just a moment, a typical Christmas month, and it used to be like right after Thanksgiving, okay, you would start to hear Christmas music. How many of you listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? All right, see, you've got, you've, you've got those that are like... Now, here's the thing. A lot of people go, well, you guys are weird listening to Christmas music. Christmas music could be listened to all the time. So that starts. And then you've got trees, and then the houses start to get decorated, and then the baking of goodies, and then you have Christmas cards. Now, nobody does Christmas cards anymore, do they? We'll just send texts. Merry Christmas. Boom. There you go. But I used to get, we used to get, we used to get 50 or 60 Christmas cards. 
And now if we get eight or nine, it's probably because we don't send any Christmas cards out. I don't know. <laughs> and of course, the presents. Lots and lots of presents. Big, patches, big packages, small packages. Now I've got to ask a question when you're talking about presents. How many of you like presents and you don't know what it is? You don't know. You, you like it where they just surprise you. How many of you like to tell them, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is what I'll use. Give me that present. How many of you like just to go out and buy your own presents? How many of you bought me this? I just, I didn't know if you know this, but I just bought Nathalie a, 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 a electric blanket. So, I mean, you're welcome. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know I did, but I did. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm not that guy that doesn't like to get presents or give presents. Man, I love presents. I love getting presents. I like to give presents. I like the way people... When they open it, just their surprise and all this good stuff. But if we're believers and we come to this very important season in life, I think it's, ready? It's far better to have the Christmas presents than to have the Christmas presents. Now, I lost some of you. You're like, what did he say? Some of you were tuned out. You were thinking about lunch. Okay, let me, re- let me say this, okay? It's better to have the Christmas presents than to have the Christmas presents. Labor with me for just a moment to explain. Over in the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 33 and verse 14, we find a man who understood the importance and the need of the presence of God. He understood it so much that he wouldn't make a move without it. You go, what do you mean? Well, Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from this place. How will anyone know you are pleased with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish your people from all the other people? I was like, wow. You see, way before we celebrated, we hung out, we had family, Moses knew the meaning of Christmas. It was the Christmas presents. So, starting this Christmas season, it's far better to have the Christmas presents than to have the Christmas presents. Now, again, if I if you ask me, Ben, 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 stop. When really? When was Jesus born? Again, think about this. It's it's one in three hundred and sixty-five. Some people will come and say, "Well, no, no, he was born in." In, in September, and they go, no, 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 he was born in April, and da-da-da, and they can debate all that. They're missing the point. They're missing the point. You go, what's the point? Jesus. That there was, the, there, there was a virgin birth, and this little baby was born, conceived of the Holy Spirit, and the cradle provided the way to the cross so that he can reconcile sinners back to him. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah, but you're being pagan if you follow along. You're being pagan if you, 
if you put up a tree. Because in the Bible, it's like, no, no, read your Bibles carefully. He was talking about idols. He wasn't talking about Christ. Unless you go in and set up a tree and worship your tree. Can you imagine going in, worshiping the tree? Almighty tree. Your lights are so beautiful. They look like me. Almighty tree. We don't do that, do we? But we like them in our house. And it brings joy to us. I went to Calvary Chapel and they said the tree. No, I'm not. We're not. We're not being legalistic here. We we want to worship Jesus. We want to worship Jesus. But if you're a follower of Christ, Christmas should be 365 days in one. It really should. And I've stood up here for the last 20 years and said this. I've said, here we go. That Christmas should be every day. Now, I'm not talking about we're giving presents to each other every day. And, we, and I, I mean, I, I, if somebody put up lights on my house and it looks real nice, I'd probably leave them on all year. But that's not what I'm talking about. I think you would think I was weird if you came to my house in July and go, you used to have your Christmas tree up? What is wrong with you? Well, it's Christmas every day. Did you bring me a present, Lisette? <laughs> well, no. Well, then see. You didn't listen to my message back in December. Here's the point. You ready? We should have the presence of Jesus in our, every day in our lives. And even how much more during this time of year? How much more? If you and I, listen to me, church, if you and I are going to draw closer to God in these last days... We have to have his presence in our lives more so than before. More than last year, more than last month, even more than last night. See, understanding the presence of God affects every area of our lives. It affects our personal life. It affects our professional life. I had one lady many years ago tell me, Oh, no, no, no. I'm a Christian on Sundays, and then I'm a businesswoman at, uh, on Monday through. And I was like, no, the presence of God should affect every area of your life, how you deal with people, how you do your job. It should affect, guys, our pastoral ministry. It should affect our marital ministry. How so? The presence of God in offering forgiveness to your spouse because he's not perfect and you're not perfect. Well, he should try. Okay. What about the presence of God affects our families? Our families. Affects our parentals as parents and even grandparents. When I was raising my two girls early on, um, we were all trying to navigate through Christianity. We, had, we were saved, and we were trying to navigate through our lives. But when I have a granddaughter now, it's a little bit different. I've been walking with the Lord a little bit more, and I think the most important thing for us to do is display the presence of God so she sees that. And not so much being like, do as I say, oh, I'm the father, rah, 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 rah. It's more like, okay, this is who Jesus is. This is what he means to me. And they'll ask questions, and I love that. But the other day, I told my little Cordelia, I said, Cordy, listen, um, you're going to have to find your own way. As much as I would love to you to go on 
mom and dad's tail and grandpa's tail and all that and hang on. I said, you're going to have to find all I can do is just give you and let my life be enough evidence that you know there is a God. So I've entitled today's message, Christmas, it's all about the presence. And what we're going to discover today is that within the dwelling presence of Christ in our lives, he also gives us presence. You're like, wow, you're using that word presence a lot. No, you'll understand. Things you and I need so much. Christmas gifts, when truly applied, we won't ever return them. Now, I know you guys are Calvary Chapel people. I know you are never re-gifters and you never return your gifts. Do you? No. You, you guys are... Thank you. So let me tell you where we're going today. First and foremost, guys, let's discover how we need, and I emphasize the need, the presence of the Lord in our lives. And then the benefits to living with Jesus every day. Let me, let me just break it down for you real, real quick. When we first get saved, guys, we get saved, okay? Look at me. We repent first and foremost from unbelief because when we believe, then that changes our behavior. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay? So, so I, don't, I have a lot of sins before I'm, before I'm, I have a lot of sins before I'm saved. So he says repent. I don't know which one. Do I pick? No, no. Repent from unbelief. Okay, now I'm saved. So then he starts to bring the sins that I need to turn from. And I understand that. But now I have a relationship with Jesus. But see, in that relationship, I'm not just saved and then I walk away saved or I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. What do I do now? I don't know. I'm saved. He, the presence of Christ in me allows to guide me into to walk with me. So you're like, okay, okay. And so those are the benefits to living with Jesus every day. And the Bible teaches us that as we grow in God, that we walk with him more and more each and every day, that we, we should be filled more and more with his presence. Now you've got an enemy out there that wants to destroy that. He wants to steal that joy. He wants to steal that presence in your life. You got an enemy that comes up and he's like, I'm going to throw all of these circumstances, all this stuff, all this drama at you. He's, he throws it. And so what we do is we're born again believers. We're born again devoted followers of Jesus, but we're so broken and so down that we just don't have the presence and the joy of the Lord in our hearts anymore. And so what happens is somebody says, Merry Christmas, and you go, ah, bah humbug. You're not about Christmas? Ah, oh, Christmas. Well, what, what don't you like about Christmas? I have to spend money. I don't have money. I'm going to death. I put up a tree. It makes a mess in the house. I don't like artificial trees. I like, you know, and we just, we, dude, you're a believer? Yeah, 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 but I'm a believer. Praise God. But also, there might be some of you in here that Christmas time, it triggers some things in your life. Some things that, uh, some things that, that the Lord wants to deal with. And for example, for me, we had a wonderful, I remember wonderful Christmases growing up. It was the most wonderful thing until my sister died at the age of 19. And when my sister died, Christmas died. 
And so I'll never forget, and I'll never forget, it's, in, it's etched, and the Lord's got to heal me from that, but I'll never forget there was one Christmas, and we used to open our presents on Christmas Eve. Some of you don't do that. Some of you do it Christmas morning, but we opened all our presents on Christmas Eve, and I kid you not, all of our family there, minus my sister, she had passed away, opened our presents, da, 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 da. and one by one, my brother leaves, my other brother leaves, my dad leaves to, to his girlfriend's house, and I'm a teenager at home on Christmas Eve by myself. And that just wrecked me. And it wrecked me to the place where when I got married, asked Nathalie, Nathalie would say, man, they still call me Scrooge to this day. It, it really, and so, so those triggers of like, oh, wow. So I understand that there might be some of you going, man, Christmas time, you know, you lost a loved one or, or we got divorced or we don't have any money or whatever, but, but that's not what it is and what he's trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us that every trigger in our life is an opportunity for the Lord to heal so that we can grow. And it wasn't, it was several years later, ask her, several years. She would bring in the tree, she would decorate it for my girls and everything, and I would try as hard as I could, but I understood that. Eventually I got to the place where it's like, okay, okay, for my girl's sake, for my wife's sake, and, and, and now, if, if they're in the car with me and I'm listening to Christmas music, they're freaked out. They're like, what is wrong with you? But, but he's healed me. He's healed me. Now, I was telling Denise earlier, I can't do Christmas too early because by December 25th, I'm out. I'm like, done. Take, take, take down the tree, you know? So I have to be careful. So, Isaiah 9, 6 Let's focus here. You ready, guys? One verse. Focus on the presence of Jesus in our lives. And then in the second half, notice the gifts in the presence, okay? Isaiah 9, 6, it says this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Your attention, please. Isaiah prophesied about the coming Messiah, check this out, 750 years before he actually came. And so he writes this, and notice what he says. For unto us a child is born. Now, we're going to break it down. Why? Because I want the presence of God in each one of our lives. So what does this mean? Well, he says unto us. Everybody say us. us. That's what he's talking about. See, it's the benefit for the Jew first. He says, and then the Gentiles, which I love because the benefit is for me, for unto us. And I'll tell you why. There are many of us in this room that often think, well, I know God can. I just don't think he'll do it for me. I know my past. I've messed up. I've, I've, I've made some bad choices. I don't think God loves me the way he loves you. I don't. And you've got to sit here and, and come to terms with the fact that he came for unto us both Jew and Gentile. And us doesn't mean he's looking at Abel going, I don't know. I don't know. You know, what do you think, Gabriel? Well, he's got the name Abel, so maybe if we kill him, it'll be like, no, we're not going to kill Abel. No. No, 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 that's not what it means. It means unto what? Us. To me, to you, me, to you. What does he say? For unto us. You go, amen. He says, a child is born. The glorious prophecy of the birth of the Messiah reminds Israel 
that the victory-bringing Messiah would be born a man, for unto us a child. Think about this, guys. Put on your thinking caps, okay? Theoretically, the Messiah didn't have to be God. He might have been, he could have been a, a sinless angel or a mere perfect man like Adam. But in reality, neither of those options would have qualified the Messiah to be our Savior and High Priest as Jesus was. A son had to be given. For unto us, notice, he says, unto us a child is born. Unto us, there it is again, a son is given. This child would be a man, but more than a man. He's also the eternal son of God, the second person in the Godhead. We have to be careful when we sit there and go, oh, okay, so Jesus was a a smaller God. He was the son of God. It's like, no, 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 no. He's co-equal with the father, but distinct in personality. And you go, okay, so unto us. And I think, man, what a glorious truth. Why? Because in order for you and I to be saved, we needed a perfect, infinite being to offer a perfect, infinite atonement for our sins. We needed that perfect, infinite being. Imagine that. And this time of year, people might tell you that Jesus was, he was a man and he sinned. No, he was sinless. The only sin that my Jesus had was the sin that I placed upon him on that cross. And he took my sin and he took your sin. That's the best Christmas gift I could ever give you, church. That, that I could tell you that your sins are forgiven. That you're going to be set free. And one day, if the Lord tarries, one day your breath is going you're going to exhale and there won't be an inhale. And then you're going to be in the glorious presence of God. How do you know, how do you know that? It's by faith when we open up our heart and we invite him inside and when we walk in him, we, we get the Christmas presence, but then we get presence along the way. He's going to guide us and protect us. So unto us, a child is born, a son is given. Man, think about this. We need Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah seven fourteen, it says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. What's the sign, Lord? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call him, what's his name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel means? It means God with us. God with us. How is God with us? Okay, real quick. If we're talking about the Christmas presents and God with us, you can turn there or you can watch on the screen. We're going to head over to the book of John. So hold your finger here in Isaiah. Go over to the book of John. If you go, oh, I'm, I don't want to do that. You can see it on the screen. That's okay. I'll forgive you. John chapter 1, 1 through 4. Notice, here's the presence of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You guys see that right there? It doesn't say that the Word was a smaller God. It doesn't say that the Word was a God. It says that the Word was God. Everybody see that? Say amen if you see that. He... Notice, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So 
Jesus was active in all creation. He was with the Father. Go back in your minds to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created. You guys with me? In the beginning, Elohim, bara. He created out of nothing. Okay? Now, go to Genesis 1.1 and take one day back. Where was God? Before he created anything, where was he? Him, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were there. That's what it says. Collectively, he said, okay, let's create. Verse 4 says, and in him was life, and life was the light of man. Now jump over to verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as if the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What happened to the word? He became flesh. It became flesh. Now, again, think about this. God could have said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just send, let's see, you, you didn't follow Satan, did you? No, you're sinless. Okay, why don't you go die for them? Why don't, it went to, he, he sent what? He said the word. He became flesh. He became flesh. Now, in your mind, go back to, go back to Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And there you are in your robes and your sandals, and culture is a whole lot different. Can you imagine? Here comes the Messiah. People are just like, this is him, this is him, this is him. Let's follow Peter. Come on, let's go. See, Peter and Abel, we've got all these biblical names here. So Peter, come, let's go. How many of us would be like, ah, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And, and Peter, look at his wife, Anna. Anna, what do you think? Should he, he, I think he's the Messiah. You've got to understand all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit had been prepping the people that when the Meshach came, when Jesus came, it was like, this is him. This is him. This is him. Do you guys remember last week, if you were here last week, um, we said that John the Baptist looked over and saw Jesus, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold. And then after service, one of the fellows came up to me, and goes, I've got to ask you a question. He said, how did John the baptizer know that that was the Son of God? And I took him back to the birth. That was Jesus' cousin. And in the womb, what happened? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He leapt, right? He was like, so he knew. It's the same way that you guys got saved. The evidence was presented, and it wasn't that someone was so eloquent that you could, I can't refute that. I must get saved. That's not us. You intellectually processed, but the Holy Spirit began to knock on your heart, and you said, oh, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. And then you said, I open up my heart, I invite you inside. Now, how, why did you do that? I don't know, it was something in me. It was something in me. And the word became flesh. Can you imagine, would you have followed? There, there's the word, there he is. There's Jesus, would you? Oh, wow. I, I wouldn't want to be one of the fellows in John chapter 6, verse 66, that was following Jesus because he fed them. And then when Jesus said, hey, I'm not going to feed you anymore, or he began some hard sayings that they've said, and they turned away and followed him no more. They were following Jesus for what Jesus could give them. What could I get? Hey, let's, let's follow this Jesus, man. He gives filet mignons on Wednesday. Well, I'm not a big filet mignon, man. Well, he does Taco Tuesday too. Let's go. <laughs> That's silly, but, but in reality, ask yourself this question, church. Ready? Step on toes time. Why am I following Jesus? 
Is it for what he could give me or for what I could give him? Or for what he's already done? Why am I really following him? Man, I, I, I pray because I want to get that promotion at work. I pray because, or am I just going, I'm in awe of the God who created me. And his life is mine. My life is his. Then jump over to John 15, verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. So there's the word abide. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. There's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, keep going. Keep going to John chapter 19. This is, this is um, where it gets deep. John 19 and verse 16. He says, then he delivered them him unto them to be crucified. And they took and led Jesus away. And he in bearing his cross, he went out to the place called a place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. Golgotha is often called Calvary. So if you ever want to know where you go to church, we go to church at Skull Hill. That's where we go. This is the place of the skull. So welcome to Calvary. Glad you guys are here. <laughs> they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near a city where it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, the King of the Jews. But he said, but he said I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered said, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had, what, crucified Jesus, took his garments, made four parts to each a soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from top in one piece. And they said, therefore, among themselves, Oh, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. Who shall, who shall it be? That the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and... For my clothing, they cast lots. If we were going to Israel in February, um, we would go to the place where they actually have the pavement where they actually cast lots. And the impact of that would just bring you to tears. Because you could see where the Roman soldiers were carved out in the and, and it's, it's in the place of the praetorium and so forth. But it's, it's, it's just a moving thing. Verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, his, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Clopas, sorry. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And far from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled the sponge with sour wine. And they put hyssop on it, and they put it to his mouth. So Jesus had received the sour wine. He said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Chapter 20, verse 1. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And when she ran, she came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. And so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter. 
and came to the tomb first. And uh, this is John. I don't know why John would say that, but he just happened to go, you know what, I, I beat Peter. Sorry, Peter, you know, I just... Peter couldn't run. He's too busy eating. I don't know what he was doing. But that's John. And stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, and he did not go in. Then Peter came, following him, and he went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, notice guys, verse 7, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in the place by itself. Now, something very interesting, okay? In the Jewish culture, if you went to eat at somebody's house or you took a napkin, okay? And in our culture, it's different. If you go to eat at somebody's house and they give you, and, and, and it's a little bit nicer, and you don't have paper napkins, but they give you a, a cloth napkin, what happens when you're done, church? You take the napkin and you fold it nice and you say, thank you, that was so good. And you fold it, okay? It's opposite in the Jewish culture, okay? If you took a napkin and folded it and you put it down, you know what you were telling your host? I don't like the food. I don't like the way I was treated. I'm never coming back. So what you would do in Jewish culture, if you really like the food, you'd crumble up your napkin and just leave it there. So very interesting. So what did Jesus say? He says, I didn't like the way you treated me. I'm not coming back to the grave. It's finished. And so they come in and they see this. They would have, it would have just exploded to them. And so there it was, folded by itself. John picks up on this. The other disciple came to the tomb first, also went in and believed. And as far as they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Okay? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all to the ends of the earth. So here's how we get the Christmas presents. You ready? When you're not a believer, and you might be here one today, the Holy Spirit is coming alongside of you, okay? And it's knocking. That's the Greek pada. He's, he's, he's encircling you, okay? Pada. He's knocking, and he says, hey, hey. And, and it's every one of us has been walking with the Holy Spirit, even in our, even in an unregenerate lives, we just walk you with the Holy Spirit. And then when you give your life to the Lord, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in you. The Greek word is en, E-N. The Holy Spirit comes, that's the presence of God in your life. That's the one that goes, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, man, I'm convicted. Please forgive me, I'm sorry. But the third Greek preposition is the word epi. It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, upon you. And you're like, what, what, what has he come upon me for? Well, I know he's already living in me, but he's coming upon me so that I can be witnesses, so that I can live my life in holiness and love and grace and mercy so that everybody around me sees the goodness of God. That's the whole point of being a believer, that you walk and you go, and there's where conviction comes when we don't walk what we say. Our walk doesn't match our talk. We're saying one thing, oh yeah, hey, I'm a believer, I couldn't leave him. If I, you know, that's a believer. But you're not living it. And so again, that's the presence of Christ. But how much more to show it? And you go, well, Ben, how? How? Well, back to Isaiah, guys. Back to Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us 
A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. His name will be called Counselor. His name is going to be called Mighty God. His name will be Everlasting Father. His name will be Prince of Peace. So, these are the presents that we get within his presence. These are the presents. Everybody came here and you get presents. You go, what are they? Well, let me give you gift number one. Okay, gift number one, it says his name will be called Wonderful. Wonderful. These are the essential characteristics. You go, what are they? They're, they're miracle. They're marvelous. The Lord Jesus, who is truly wonderful in his person and natures and words and works, are being made up of wonders. Look at me. Look at me for a second. I was talking to Joseph this morning, and I looked at Joseph, and we were talking about why we were believers. And I don't want to be a believer that's scared of going to hell. See, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. Hell's bad. I don't want to go. What do I need to do? Pray this prayer. Okay, pray this prayer. That's not a relationship. I'm just scared of going to hell. I want to be in love with the wonderful name of Jesus. I want to know that he is my all in all. He is the one that is, that is living in me. And, and this is just like, man. And ready? Nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Compares to him. Nothing. Not your job, not, not this life, nothing compares. Here's the thing. As believers, you ready? Here's a gift. Drum roll, please. You get Jesus. And, he's, and he's all, that's all you need. That's all you need. You get Jesus. Because that's who he is. I mean, think about this. What a great gift. What? The marvelous miracles working in you. You guys, we think that miracles are like, well, I got to stand over here and I'm going to make your foot grow. That's a miracle. See, it was one who was shorter. That's not a miracle. I'll tell you what a miracle is. You ready? In this holiday season, when you will be kind to somebody who's going through a hard time, when you will be loving, when you will be giving to somebody who's broken, that's a miracle. It's a miracle in their lives. Listen to me. When you invite somebody to church because you're prompted by the Holy Spirit only to find out that, that a few minutes earlier they were contemplating suicide, that's a miracle. And that's God working in you. That's a special gift. Well, what's gift number two? It's he's a counselor. The word counselor means to advise, to resolve, to consult, to guide, to give purpose. That's what we want. We want purpose. I don't think there's a one of us that didn't ask in our lives, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And then God began to reveal why you're here, your purpose. That's the counselor. And every day you can go and ask him, God, what do you have for me? Where, where am I? Where's the wisdom you want me to go? What's my steps? Wow, what a great gift that you don't have to do life alone. You can make a decision based on the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know how pastor sometimes I break down. I don't know. It's the peace that God gives you to take that next step. You see, God doesn't give you peace to take 15 steps. He'll say, take the next one and wait on me. Take the next one and wait on me. Take the next one and wait on me. And, and, and that's the counsel. Lord, what do I do? What do I do? He says, I'm going to guide you. And I'm going to give you purpose. Your life is going to have meaning. 
Everybody in your life has told you you have no meaning. You're worthless. You shouldn't be here. I don't know why you were born. God says, nay, 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 nay. You stop believing that way. I have purpose. Here's the gift. Here's the gift. I mean, think about this gift, man. What a great gift to go to the God who created you to get wisdom for life. Why would you want to seek that anywhere else? You know, I've been wondering about my life, and I think I need some wisdom, so I'm going to head over to the bar and just see what they say. You're getting wisdom from the bar? You're getting wisdom from worldly people? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know that bartender? He sits there, puts that thing over his shoulder, and he... I haven't been to a bar. I'm just saying for movies, okay? I'm just... (laughs) When you think about it, it's like using an owner's manual for a VCR. Now, I don't know you know, you don't know what a VCR is, but I'll explain it to you later. Okay? <laughs> and trying to operate an iPad. You're better off going to the Apple Chapel and, and get the right manual for it. <laughs> and that's what it's about, right? That's the Holy Spirit in you. Let me give you gift number three. He says he's a mighty God. Check this out. Warrior, powerful, champion, strong. Emmanuel, he's mighty God. Now think about this. Imagine this gift. Why? Okay, you ready? Here's a, here's a spoiler alert. You and I are intrinsically weak. And so the gift of God that he gives us this Christmas is that he's strong on our behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you, but I, I, I've never taken pleasure in infirmity. Hey, guess what, Natalie? I'm really sick, praise God. <laughs> We've never done that, have we? Yet Paul says, no, 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 listen. He says, I understand that I am intrinsically weak, and it gives an opportunity for God to be strong. What a great gift. What a great good. How about, a, how about we start confessing, Lord, I'm weak. I need you. I need you. If you get a chance, listen to Nathalie's testimony on this and how God spoke to her specifically on this during her bout with cancer. Very, 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 very um, encouraging. Let me give you gift number four. He says, everlasting father. Everybody see that? Okay. Well, wait a minute, Ben. I thought he was a son. He says he's an everlasting father. Okay, so put your thinking caps back on. The idea in this is the Hebrew words is that Jesus is the source and author of all eternity and that he is and that he is the creator himself. It doesn't mean that Jesus himself is the person of the father in the Trinity. You have to understand that. Okay? And so so we come to him and we understand he's the everlasting Father, everlasting Father. I mean, you need to think about this. It, it might seem confusing because we typically understand Jesus to be the Son. However, what it does, it speaks to the eternal nature of Jesus and his care for his people. Everlasting Father. But let me take it a step further, okay? I want to bring some healing to some of you today. When we think about God the Father or we think about Jesus being the everlasting Father, we have a tendency to correlate our earthly Father with our heavenly Father. And how you were treated by your earthly Father, you tend to think that's how God's going to treat you. And so if you had, if you had 
a wonderful, loving father who nurtured you, whatever it might be, then that's how you kind of come into the relationship. Oh, my dad was great. He was, or if you had a harsh father that beat on you or verbally, I mean, just was awful, you tend to come on and you're afraid to walk with God in that. And so it's real, you, you gotta be real careful because it's like, oh, I remember, I remember growing up, my dad was just harsh and I couldn't do anything right and he would just be like, rah, rah, rah. and so you get saved and you go, I wonder if that's how God is. Is he looking down on me going, come here, Francis, come here. Mess up one more time. And, and we bring that in, and that's not who God is. So we walk around on eggshells when he's going, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. So we have to be so careful. Earthly, come on, look at me. Earthly fathers are earthly fathers. Good or bad, they're just earthly. They're sinners like us. Heavenly father, a whole different thing. He's not like, so don't correlate those two and, and live that way. And live that way. Let me give you gift number five. He says he's the prince of peace. You go, what does prince mean? Well, it means head, captain, governor, lord, ruler, steward. This is the prince. This is him. Is peace. Safety, ready? Safety, rest, welfare, and blessings. You ready? He's the one who makes peace especially between God and us. There's peace. You go, Pastor Ben, what if there isn't peace? What if I'm here today and I don't feel at peace with God, like I'm, I'm really scared? Then I want to introduce you to the Prince of Peace. I want to introduce you to the Prince of Peace once and for all. Because Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the God you want to follow. That's the presence you want in your life. So in closing, the prophet Isaiah penned these words hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Yet they perfectly capture the, nat the nature and the mission of Christ. Let me very quickly recap what it signifies. Wonderful counselor. What a great gift. The title reflects the wisdom and guidance of the Messiah. Oh, Lord, thank you. Number two, mighty God. The term emphasized divine nature of the Messiah. Jesus was not just a man, but he was God incarnate. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. This speaks to the eternal nature of Jesus and his care for his people. It does not denote that Jesus and the Father are the same person, but rather highlights their unity in the Godhead. Prince of Peace? Yeah. Jesus is the bringer of peace between God and man. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus reconciled sinful humanity to a holy God. You ready? As we start this Christmas season... You guys can come up. As we start this Christmas season, let's make sure that we have the presence of God in our lives. Not, not day, one day out of the year, but one every day throughout the year. The presence of God. The presence of God. I'm going to ask the ushers to come up now, and they're going to pray over the communion. But let me just say this. Today's a great day.
As we get ready to partake in communion, let us remember all that we've learned. What's that? To seek the presence of God. Seek the presence of God. Let us take a moment to get our hearts ready to receive. As the elements are being passed out, I want to talk briefly about the Lord's Supper. Before the ushers pass out the elements, let me just say this. First and foremost, the Bible says not to eat it in an unworthy manner, which means don't partake in communion if you're not saved. If you've not given your life to the Lord, but I have some good news. You might be here and you go, well, how do I give my life to the Lord? How do I, Pastor, you were saying some things, and man, I, I, I don't know if I'm saved, but I want to be saved. Well, here's what I'm going to ask him to do. Brother Joe, if you'll just move off to the side with the, with the elements, and I can see the people. Let me say this. If you're here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart, you can respond today. What do I have to do, Pastor? Well, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand. And by raising your hand, you're saying, I want to give my life to God. I want this relationship that you were talking about. I don't have that. I'm scared of going to hell. I don't want that. I want a relationship with the God that you just described. Well, why do I have to raise my hand so God can see your heart? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. But I never want you to leave here. And, I, and, and then you go, well, if I, if I pray this prayer and I give my life to the Lord, can I take communion? Absolutely. Because we have open communion. That means you have to be a believer. You have to be a believer. You don't, have to, you don't have to be a member of this church. We don't have membership, but you have to be a believer. So let's do this. Let's pray with every eye closed, every head bowed. How many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to today. He's standing with his arms wide open, and he's giving you an opportunity. Would you do that right now? If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, would you just lift up your hand? I want to pray for you. I want to see that he's standing. Would you do that? just going to give you an opportunity. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You're going, Pastor, pray for me. All you have to do is lift up your hand very quickly. I'll see it. No one else will see it. Amen. Amen. Okay, Brother Joe, if you'll pass out the elements. Please hold the elements in your hand as we take in communion because this is a very serious as well as a celebration. First and foremost, as you're getting the elements, the Bible tells us that we must not partake in an unworthy manner. If you and your husband got in a fight on your way to church, don't take communion just yet. Turn to your husband, turn to your wife, say, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Get it right before God. If you need to take a moment to just ask the Lord to forgive you, if you have a root of bitterness that has happened, Go to that person before partaking. Say, I'm so sorry. Also, too, it's a celebration. When we take communion, we're declaring the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's what saves us. So we celebrate the gospel. Well, how do we do that? You ready? First and foremost, we're going to look deep within our hearts and confess our sins to him. Lord, I'm so sorry. Once you look deep in your heart, do me a favor. I want you to look back 
And I want you to have a heart of gratitude. Be thankful for all that he has done in our lives. Be thankful. And let's look forward for all that God is going to do. And one day, communion in heaven. You see, Jesus told us that he wasn't going to partake until we did it in heaven. Well, we're not in heaven yet, so that's why we're taking it today. But one day, we're going to be in heaven and we're going to have a glorious communion service. It's going to be amazing. And so right now, we're just getting a preview. So as you hold the elements, just be praying. Just be thanking the Lord and just be wondering what God's going to do. Would you purpose in your heart today? Would you purpose in your heart to be filled with the presence of God this Christmas season? Would you purpose, say, Lord, I just want your presence every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm I'm really feeling impressed real real quick guys while we have this. Is there anyone here that needs prayer for a physical healing? Would you stand up? Would you just stand where you are? Would you do that for me? If if you just feeling like that. My brother over here. Anyone else? There you go. So would you would you go over here and pray? Can we get some brothers around over here? to pray for him. I just feel like we need to pray. Keon, would you come pray over here, brother? Anyone else just feel like you want prayer for a physical healing? Over here, my brother Jesse, would you? Would you do that? Would you gather? Can Can we get some brothers over here for Jesse? Nathalie, will you come for Anna here? And we have a sister up here. We got a brother in the back here. We got a brother in the back. Joe, will you take care of my brother back there? Just pray. Just pray for them. Just pray for them right now. We got it. We got somebody physical healing over here. This felt like the Lord was putting. We just need to pray. We got. We got a sister standing right here. Listen, if you're a believer, before we take this, go pray. Go pray with a brother. Would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? There we go. There we go. There we go. Anyone else? We're good. Just pray for them. Just pray for. God's going to do a miracle. We're going, to, we're going to pray for physical healings. Lord Jesus, I pray. We just pray right now, God. We're about to take communion, but we need physical healing, Lord. There's something in our bodies. We need help, Lord. We need help, Lord. Please, God, do a work. Do a work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can sing and we can pray to you. Thank you, Jesus.
love you, Lord. All right, together, as a body, as a family, we're going to take communion. And we just thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, today we lift up the body, symbolically, of the Lord Jesus, who was broken on our behalf, the cross of Christ. Lord, we do this in remembrance of you. It's a celebration because we're declaring we love you. And so together as a church, we take it together. We'll take the bread together. When supper was over, he took the cup and he said, he said, again he said, give thanks. This is my blood of the eternal covenant. And often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So we thank you for the blood. Father, we would ask that as we take this communion, Lord, that physical healing that people need, God, would, would, would you, you would just heal them, Lord. Not because this is some miraculous grape juice, but because you're the king and, and the healer of all. So we love you. Take the cup together. I'm going to pray a blessing over you, and uh, Jeremiah will dismiss us when the song is done. Let's stand. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and hope. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.